0: Easter Sunday y'all how awesome is that and uh, we have been in a series uh, the last six weeks this would be week seven of this series simply entitled I am but on Easter we kind of flipped it a little bit and we're saying no he is he is and so we have been going through the seven I am statements that Jesus makes in the gospel of John so if you want to know who Jesus is he tells you I am this and so today we are saying you know what he is he really is And every Sunday, you have helped me welcome our special guests that have been tuning in uh, via video at at Valley of Grace Recovery Center, but today is a little different. I want them to hear you in person of how you love and support them, and you're proud of them, and all of the men from the Valley of Grace Recovery Center are right here on the front row today. So can we welcome them? We welcome you guys. Come on, New Life, let them know how welcome they are, how proud you are of these men. We believe in you, we're praying for you. Stay on the journey, guys. We're glad to have you at New Life Church on Easter Sunday. And uh, so proud of you, so proud of you. All right. Uh, Have you ever had a day that did not quite go as expected? Uh, You know, if you have children, you've likely had many mornings that didn't go as expected. And uh, I remember a particular morning, my family was away and I was at home by myself and first thing early in the morning I had to go to a graveside funeral and uh and that morning not only did I have to go to the graveside funeral but it was my job to go pick up our pastor I was on staff at a church and I was supposed to go pick up our pastor at eight o'clock in the morning and he and I were going to go do this funeral at, at a graveside that morning well I woke up and uh and as I began to get ready, uh, I, I mean, I had to get suited and booted. You know what I mean? I'd get the suit on, the tie on. And I realized that uh, I could not find anywhere, anything, because my wife wasn't there. Come on, hello. And I was like, hey, babe, where am I? Oh, she's not here. I'm by myself. And so I realized I needed, I had a, I had a black suit. So I have, like, different suits for whatever weight I happen to be at at the time. You know what I mean? Like, I got my fat suit my mid-suit, my skinny suit, and I'm always trying to get into the skinny suit, but I usually end up in the fat suit, and so I had to wear my fat suit that day, because that's where I was at the time, and, uh, and I realized all I had was brown shoes, but it's a black suit. I was like, I can't wear brown shoes with a black suit. I can't find my black shoes, so I decided I need to go to Walmart around the corner. I'm going to go buy a pair of black, uh, black shoes. I'm going to wear them to the funeral this morning, and then this afternoon, I'm going to go return those shoes and get, <laughs> and get my $5 back, you know what I mean? And. Uh, because I, I was like, I, was, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I have to pick up the pastor. You know, like he and I are doing this together. we got to go. we got to do this thing. And so, uh, so I leave the house. I go to Walmart. I get the black shoes. I tuck the tags in, you know, like, like we're all good. I've done this before, okay? And uh, I've worn full suits to places. I've, I've worn a full suit to a wedding the next day, return the whole thing because I tucked all the tags in. It's all, it's all good. And, uh, and so, so I get back to the house. I've got my black Walmart shoes, and I go to, get, I go to the house. The door's locked. I'm like, no problem. Get my keys. I don't have a house key. Oh, I grabbed the wrong set of keys when I left. The and I'm like, my family's not home. I have a funeral. This is morning is not going as I expected. So I, I, I said, well, let me check the back sliding glass door. Locked. I check every window on the ground floor. Locked. And then I remember... That above the garage, in Gray's bedroom window, in the second story, I know for a fact, I'm pretty sure that that window got left unlocked, because I remember saying, hey, you need to start locking your window, and the last time I saw it, I knew it wasn't locked, and um, so I'm looking up at the second story, I don't do heights, remember, I'm about to get in my fat suit, and I'm like, this is the only way to... And I'm just and now I'm, I'm now you ever like get so desperate that like you, your prayer life gets a little stronger. <laughs> I'm saying, Lord Jesus, I need to get in that window. Help me find a way. And so I begin looking down the street, and I'm looking, I'm, and and several doors down there is a truck parked at my neighbor's at my neighbor's house. A truck I've never seen there parked before, and this truck has a ladder on the top rack. And, I, and I, it catches my eye, and I'm like, no, I shouldn't. No, I shouldn't. Look at the window. I'm like, it's the only way. So I go down to the truck, and I'm like, dude, and it's early in the morning, because I've got to be somewhere by 8. I've got to leave by 7.30, which means it's like 6.30 in the morning. And uh, I'm trying to get ready for this funeral. And I'm like, do I just take it and put it back? Or do I wake this poor person up and say, can I use your ladder at 6.30 in the morning? And uh, so my conscience got the better part of me, so I ring the doorbell. And I hear dogs barking. I'm like, oh, this is not going well. Oh, what kind of neighbor am I? I've never met this person in my life. And this lady comes to the door, and I'm like, I am so sorry. I told her I'm locked out of my house, but I saw that there's a ladder on your truck. And she's like, oh, that's a friend of mine that's spending the night. And uh, I was like, can I, can I use the ladder? I promise I put things back. And she's like, yeah. So she So here I am, I'm walking like six houses down, carrying this huge extension ladder all the way to my house. And I'm like, someone's going to call the cops on me. And I lay that ladder down, uh, I lay that ladder up against the house. I go all the way up to the second story. And some of you are like, all the way up? Yeah, when you're, when you're me, that's all the way up. Okay, I'm at my limit. And I, and then uh, I tear, I, I rip the screen off, like that, like I, I'm not even trying to say, I tear the screen open and, uh, and then sure enough, I shimmy the window and it's open. And now I'm on the ladder and the window's open and now I'm thinking, how do I get off the ladder and in the window? And my knees are shaking. So I come up with a better plan. I, 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 I get down off the ladder, I, I move the ladder, I stick the ladder through the window and I climb up the ladder, and I just fall in headfirst, feet still dangling out of the window, and I'm like, oh my God, I hope my neighbors are not watching this. I get in the house, I run downstairs, because I don't want anybody seeing this ladder sticking through the window, and I run downstairs, I unlock the door, and I leave it wide open. I am not risking this again. I take the ladder, I run the ladder all the way down the street, I put it back on the truck, I run back home, I get dressed, I get ready, I put on my $5 Walmart shoes, I get in the car, I drive the 30 minutes, I pick up the pastor, and like, I'm sweating. Pastor gets in the car, he says, hey, how's your morning been? I'm like, eventful. (laughs) And and so I described to him this elaborate story of how I got there that day. No sympathy, just, oh, that's neat. Like, you don't know what I went through through to be here right now. You know, so how many of you ever had a day that didn't quite go as expected? Well, there's there's some women that their morning did not go quite as expected Easter morning. Some women went to the tomb Easter morning that Sunday, and it did not go as expected. In Luke chapter 24, verse 1, it says, on the first day among the dead. He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. And if you think that the writer here and Luke got his math wrong, 11. Well, there were 12. Well, if you remember, Judas had betrayed Jesus, and then he, came, he was so overwhelmed by his betrayal that he took his own life. So she returns to the 11, and to all the others, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Because just three days ago, they watched their best friend, their Savior, and they watched his nails, his hands, be pierced by nails into the cross. They watched the crown of thorns placed on his head. They watched him as he gave up his spirit and breathed his last breath. And if that wasn't enough, they watched the spear pierce his side and out forth came both blood and water. What you say, Mary, makes no sense that he is alive. Peter, however, you got to love Peter. Peter, however, he got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself, what has happened? It was a morning they were not expecting. Mary and the others, they went and took spices to the tomb to dress Jesus' body. But the grave, the grave really represents a couple things, and it still represents some things to us. And the grave, a grave, and the grave this Sunday morning, it, it represented loss. This was the loss of their greatest friend. This was the loss of their, their their savior, their their teacher, their rabbi. And this is a sense of loss. And many of us understand loss. Many of us have, have even lost family members and had and have gone to visit the grave in their remembrance. We've we've lost loved ones. We've some have know what it's like to, to lose their innocence. Whether it was your fault or not, people understand in this pandemic we went through what it is to feel like the loss of security, the loss of financial security, or even at the flip of a script, the loss of good health. People understand loss. And it can all change in a moment's time. And when we experience loss, it hurts. And the grave represents Something lost. Not only does a grave mean lost, but a grave also can also uh, show us that something failed. It's failure. You, You see, the disciples, they really thought that this Jesus, this Messiah was gonna come and overthrow Roman oppression and was gonna establish a throne and be the new king here on earth. And it didn't go as expected. I can only imagine the disciples as they saw Jesus hanging on the cross that they thought to themselves, any minute now, oh, any minute now, he's going to get up off that cross. I've seen him heal the lame. He raised Lazarus from the dead. I watched him cast demons out of a boy. Surely this, this has got nothing on him. Any time now, any time now, and Jesus says, Eli, Eli, Allah, Shabbat, Kanai. In other words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now they're scratching their heads, this isn't going very well. It is finished. He gives up his spirit and the spear and his last breath and he's certainly dead. And they all of a sudden failed expectations. And the grave today for us is still symbolic of of our own failed expectations. It represents this the failed plans. The grave in our lives is no different. We have failed expectations, failed plans. The grave it, it signifies in our lives times that maybe we've had failed relationships, failed marriages. And then the failures we experience always give us the case of the what ifs. Like what if this had happened instead of that? What if I would have said this sooner? Maybe I could have saved it. Or, or but what about the, the case of, of if onlys? If only they had done this. If only I had said that. If only I had done that. If only I would have stayed home. If only I would not have made that phone call. If only I would not have done the thing. Failure. What ifs, what ifs, if onlys. The thing about loss and failure is that failure and loss always bring pain. Whether you've lost something, you failed at something, it brings pain. And you're probably one thinking right now, this is the encouraging Easter message I came for. <laughs> I promise you it gets better. It gets better. But failure and loss bring pain. And most people at the experience of pain run from pain not many people are signing up for pain is it going to hurt yeah bring it no we avoid pain when we experience pain we either try to escape it or we try to cover it up we are actually a lot like the women at the tomb that morning the text said that the women came with spices and the Jewish people they did not embalm bodies like we do today, or like other cultures did at the time. They did not embalm bodies. They, they believed the bodies would, needed to decay in their natural state. And, and really, part of it is also because they had family tombs. And so when they would place a body in the tomb, and the body would, would naturally decay over time, then they would remove the bones and use the grave again. And so the women, they're going down to the tomb that morning with spices to cover up... The decaying body to help cover up the smell that would be permeating from the grave. And so the women brought spices that morning, like they usually would. And whenever things die in our lives, and we don't know how to deal with it, so we decide I'm just going to cover it up. Maybe if I can just make make life smell good, look good, it won't have the appearance of the death that it is facing, but we cannot make dead things come back to life, so we have to cover it up, make it smell a little better. Because at the end of the day, the best we can do is cover it up, because we can't correct it. You can cover it, but you can't correct it, because we can't bring dead things back to life. Those dead things, those, those failures, the loss, the failure, the pain, when things die in our lives, we try to escape it and cover it up, but we can't cover it up. We need to correct it, but we can't. We cannot bring dead things back back to life, and we think, if I just cover up the smell of dead things, I have a jar of spices here today, and it smells like, I don't know, French vanilla, and they went that morning to cover up the smell of dead things, and I think that we, this is exactly what we do, we have a little anxiety in our life, so we're we're just gonna put on a smile and sprinkle some good smelling stuff so no one sees our darkness and sadness and disparity maybe we've had failed relationships so well i'm just i'm just going to cover it up with a little bit of smell goods i'm just going to cover it up with maybe my my next relationship without ever dealing with what's actually dead inside i'm just going to i'm just going to i'm just going to cover it up a little bit I'm going to cover up the fact that I'm I'm searching for significance and can't find it. And so I'm going to just, I'm just going to stage some really good social media posts so people think my life, I've got it in order. It's going to make it smell good. I'm just going to cover up some dead things. I don't want people to see what's really, what's really going on. Just going to cover up the smell of dead things. But you know what? We don't know how to fix the core problem. You can make it look good. You can make it smell good. But the smell of death, you can't cover forever. Because the problem always comes back to the surface. So, yeah, jump into the next relationship. But the problem will still come back to the surface. Yeah, you might be able to smile for a little while. I'm feeling down, so I'm going I'm, I'm to... I'm going to take a vacation but guess what you'll feel good for a while but when the money has been spent the pictures were taken the smell comes back to the surface I'm going to I'm going to find a way to to try to ease my pain and ignore what's going on and so so I'm going to I'm going to turn to the bottle and I'm going to just drown my sorrows or or I'm just going to I'm just going to work harder if I can just Keep busy and work hard. I don't have to think about it. And we just try to cover up the smell of dead things. But the core problem will always rise to the surface. Let me tell you a real quick funny story. Uh, when, I was, uh, when I was younger, I played a lot of baseball. I was, I, I mean, a baseball camp and baseball this. I played a lot of baseball. And, um, and from time to time, I would forget to wash my baseball jersey, and so it's game day, and I'm looking for my jersey, I'm looking for my socks, I'm looking for my baseball pants, and then I find them all wadded up and balled up in the corner of my room, you know? And I'm like, well, I leave in 15 minutes. And so I'd unball those crusty things and put them back on, and the first time I was like, that was a really bad idea. But then I'm like, I'm not gonna make that mistake again, and so next game day, a couple days later, jersey and socks and pants now been worn twice. And I, again, leave in 15 minutes, and my crusty jersey still balled up. I mean, I've already worn that thing twice, but I leave in 15. I, there's no time. And then I, I, I learned a little life hack like teenagers think they do. And I went down to the laundry room. I said, I just need, I need, I need something to smell good. And then I got in a habit that whenever I wouldn't wash my baseball stuff, I would go down to the laundry room and find the bottle of Febreze. Because the commercial showed the little animation of how Febreze goes on the fabric and like surrounds the odor and then like lifts it off. I'm sold, I'm, I'm Febreze in my jersey, I'm Febreze in my socks, and I'm like, I smell Febreze fresh, let's go. Let me tell you, you add dirty baseball and fresh Febreze, you get a terrible combination. Because at the end of the day, that Febreze is wearing off, but the smell of the death on that jersey cannot be covered up permanently. And this is what we do. We have caused ourselves permanent pain, loss and failure, and we, and we think we're fooling people. Oh, I'm doing awesome. I'm taking vacation. I've got another relationship. I've got the new thing. It's all good in the neighborhood. But you can't cover up the smell of death because why? We can't bring dead things back to life. Because the core problem, the smell of that death will always come back to the surface. You know what the core problem is? The core problem is sin. It's sin. And sin is something that it afflicts us all. Sin is all of our failures and mistakes. It's all of our bad ideas. It's, 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 all, of, it's all of times that we've, we've hurt other people. It's It's the mistakes that we've made. But all of us have been susceptible to sin. Sin, throughout Scripture, can be related to another word. Death. Sin is death, and ultimately sin will lead to death. And sin, it means it causes separation from God. And what is separation from God for eternity? Death darkness, disparity. And we cannot make dead things come back to life. In other words, we cannot fix our sin problem because we cannot make dead things come back to life. Romans five twelve. this is what it says. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this, And in this way, death came to what people? I need you to help me. To to what people? To all people. Sin and death has come to all people because all sin. And sin is death. So let me ask you a question this morning. Why do you keep expecting to find life in dead places? Why do, you ex- why do you continue to expect to find life in dead places? Sin is death. Why do you keep returning to the same problematic patterns that have always caused you pain? Why do you return to the same cycles that have always led to failure and loss? Why do you keep looking for the living among the dead? God knew that we had a core problem. The core problem of sin. And God knew that we had a problem that we could never solve. We couldn't solve it. And so, so this, in Jesus, is the response of God to solve the problem you and I can't solve. The problem of dead things in our life. And sin is death. So, Jesus, and our final I am statement, Jesus makes this claim in John chapter 11. This is what he says He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the solution to dead things, even your dead things. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? You see, before you were ever thought of in your parents' mind, God knew you. And God knew that you were going to have a core problem and I was going to have a core problem. And so, so God knew that the only way to pay for these failures and mistakes was with something of high value. How do you cover what's dead? It took a life to overcome what was dead. And so God placed a baby in a virgin womb. And that baby was born. And for 30 years, that child would grow and walk this earth. And the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way. In every way. Yet, he did not sin. So that sin, that core problem in your life, Jesus overcame that. And after 30 years, Jesus goes into a time of ministry where he is healing the sick. The lame are walking. Blind eyes are opening. Dead are being raised to life. And then he would be falsely accused, beaten and whipped until nearly dead, and then finished off by being nailed to a cross and then placed in a tomb that was only borrowed for a few days because Jesus would return alive, resurrected, proving that he is who he said he is, the Son of God, and proving that he has the power to make dead things come back to life. You don't have to cover up dead things anymore because Jesus dealt with the core problem. The smell of death will continue to come back. Your core problems will continue to rise to the surface, but Jesus came to correct what we have been trying to cover up. The Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, all. All who call the name of the Lord. Unfortunately, some people, they feel like they're not worthy of a faith in God because of the mistakes that they've made. And so they think to themselves, well, if I can get my act cleaned up a little bit, then I might start trying this faith thing. But the first step that anybody needs to take is to turn to God. We, there's only, there's a fork in the road. And there's two ways to turn. There's our ways and turn towards God. But you have to turn. You have to take a turn. We call that turn repentance, which means turning to God. When you turn to God, you're turning away from some things. Some people say, I need to deal with the things. You just need to turn to God. And then he's gonna help you, step by step, get to where you need to be. Listen, the moment I got saved, I was not, I was not, I was not a sure thing. I was not, I was not cleaned up, I, I didn't have all my problems fixed. But he took me, step by step, through a process that we call discipleship is to be a learner, and I'm going to now learn the ways of God, but it all started when you make a turn. You have to turn towards God. And, and you can turn towards God even if you don't know what the next five steps are. Well, what about, well, what about this, and what about that, and what about these issues? And, and I hear people talk about, about these things in the Bible, and I hear people talk about this, like, but I don't know what I think about those. And that's okay. Your first step it's just to turn to god and turn away from dead things In the seat back pockets in front of you all this morning we uh we didn't if you were a guest here today we didn't ask you to fill out a connect card because there is a card in your seat back pocket that we are that every easter we ask everybody to fill out it says easter survey and uh you can look pick you can grab that easter survey card and you can begin to fill that out and uh we this is a, The reason why we do the, this Easter survey is a couple reasons. One, um, this is typically a day when most people come to church that even call New Life Church their home, and this gives us the ability to make sure that we have all of your accurate contact information, your address, your phone number, your email, and we promise we will n- we'll never share this with anybody else outside of our church, and uh, this is to make sure that we have all of your accurate information. There's, there's, uh, there's places on there where you can tell us some things about maybe how you found New Life Church, and Maybe some future things that you would like to hear teaching-wise uh, over the course of the next year. And then, and then you'll see on the bottom that there's a part where it says, we'll get to this later. And it says A, B, C, and D. And, we'll, and we're going to get to that here in just a moment. But I want to give you a chance to start filling out your Easter survey cards this morning. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And not listen, I don't know what brought you here today. Maybe you came because a family member twisted your arm and said, "It's Easter, you have to come to church. You promised." I, I don't know why you what all you brought brought in here today. And maybe you're here because you love the, you love the Lord and you're like, "Man, it's Easter Sunday and I'm going to go celebrate the risen savior today." But if you were here today, it I just cannot let you leave today without giving you an opportunity to say, I'm ready to make a turn in my life. Because the way it's been going, it's been rough patches and it's been pain and I've experienced loss, I've experienced failures, but I need to make a turn today. And if something inside of you is even believing that, that this turn, this change you know you need in your life, that somehow God needs to be in that equation. He's, he's part of this solution. He's not just part of the solution. He is the solution. He is, and if you would make him the Lord of your life, I promise you, it is the most liberating, freeing thing you could ever do. And you, mu- and you can, listen, I invite you, you can even come and bring your doubts, bring your criticisms, because I know that if you just commit to making him the Lord of your life, He will bring resolution to the parts of your life that you've been questioning for a very long time. Because He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. He's the bread, He is the door, He is the good shepherd, and He is the resurrection and the life. And all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I invite you all to just stand with me this morning. Stand and, and have your Easter survey card in hand and a pen to write with. And I'll, I'll invite you to participate in this last part of the message today. This is our chance to respond in some way, at the bottom of your card, there's four boxes: A, B, C, and D. And I know you don't know what those are yet. We're going to show you here in just a moment. But, but every every person here today is going to check one of these boxes. And then, and then after after you've completed your card, we're we're gonna we're gonna worship the Lord with one more song. And Then the ushers will come and and we'll, we'll take up our offering, our gift to Jesus offering. And we'll collect all of these cards. But uh, everybody's going to check one of these four boxes, A, B, C, or D. If you check box A, this is what it means. Box A means I have a relationship with Jesus. So if that's you, and you you don't need to check a box right now, just hear hear all the responses. But A would mean I have a relationship with Jesus. B, if you check box B, you're saying I am beginning a relationship with Jesus. And if you want to make that turn today, then you check that box, and then here in a moment, we're, we're gonna lead you in a, in a moment of prayer where you can do that. Box C says, I need more time before deciding. And if you are a box C and you need more time before deciding if Jesus is the way for you, then I just want, to, I just want you to know that I hope that you will take the time to commit to getting the information, the inspiration that you need, And I pray that you would even commit to finding yourself a good local church that you can continue in that journey. But if that's you, then you would just check box C. I just need more time before deciding. And box D says this, and we've had box Ds before. Box D says, I don't ever intend to follow Jesus. And if you're a box D today, first of all, I just want you to know that you and I aren't enemies like, I love you. I don't, I don't know you, but I can tell you I love you. And, well, how could you love? Uh, dude, I love you because I, he first loved me, changed me, transformed my life. And if you're a box D today, I'm not here to shame you. I'm not even here to twist your arm and try to convince you. But what I will tell you, if you're a box D, that I am committed to praying for you. And maybe you just rolled your eyes internally. Like, oh, he's going to pray for I'm going to pray for you because I believe in the power of prayer and that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. And here's the thing, if, if Jesus is who he says he is, and I believe the resurrection proves it, then here's the thing, that I'm sitting on a gold mine of treasure because I have come into the knowledge of this. And I cannot help but share with you the good news of Jesus. For me not to, I think would be a sin to have that wealth that that kind of treasure in Jesus, and not share it to you. you. And so so if you're a box D and you're like, man, I'm a box D, I don't need to hear it, that's fine, that's your choice. But I'm just telling you, even if you're a box D, I have to tell you, there's a treasure in Jesus, and it will transform your life. If you're a box D, we're praying for you, praying for you. And even if you're like, I'm a box D, but I'm intrigued, you know, New Life Church is a great place to come and continue to seek what you're looking for. So right now, if just with every head bowed, every eye closed, I told you I was going to give you a moment if you need to make that turn. And maybe maybe you used to claim faith in Jesus, and over the years, maybe you're not even quite sure what happened, you wandered, or or something got in the way, and you know you're not where you need to be, this moment's for you too. This moment is saying, I am ready to put God back into the equation so that he can be the solution to my death problem. That he, I'm tired of trying to cover it up. I can't cover it. I need someone, I need a God that can correct it. Jesus said, it is finished. He's done everything he needs to do, and now it just takes our faith. It it is finished, but Jesus is not finished with you. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So here in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to call on that name. The Bible says that if, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For it's with our mouth that we confess Jesus is Lord, and with our heart we believe that that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So Lord, right now I just pray all over this room, there's somebody here today that says, I'm ready to make a turn towards God and away from the death, darkness, and decrease in my life. God, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit would just be stirring in their hearts, even now in this very moment. And if you're ready to make that turn, I'm going to just pray. You can pray along with me in the quietness of your own heart. You can just make the prayer your own in your own words. But it simply is something like this. God, I am done with my way. I've experienced loss. I've experienced pain and failure. Lord, I have committed some things that I'm, I'm not proud of but today I know I need a solution because I've tried to solve it. My whole life I've been seeking to solve it. I've been drowning it. I've been covering up, but it keeps rising to the surface. There's some kind of There's something wrong with the core part of me. And and it might be this thing called sin. And will you just forgive me of my sin? Would you cleanse me of my unrighteousness? And I don't know my next steps, but I know I need to turn towards you. I need to invite you into my life. Would you forgive me, accept me, and I want to make you now the Lord of my life. So I relinquish control, and I give you my life. Would you save my life? And if you prayed a prayer like that today, I want you to know a brand new life starts today. That you get to leave here today forgiven. Forgiven. All of those past mistakes don't define you any longer. You have a brand new life and identity in Christ. And if you listen real close, you just might hear that all of heaven is rejoicing. And if you can't hear it, come on new life. Let's rejoice together for those that just gave their life to the Lord in that way. And if that's you today, I want you to let me know that you made that decision. Check box B on your survey card and our ushers are going to come at this time and here in a moment they're going to pass the buckets down your row and And if you came prepared today, and this is New Life Church is your home, and you came prepared to give in the offering like like we do, then you can do that now. If you came and you want to give a gift to Jesus today, you brought your, your Easter offering for Project Rescue, you can put that in the bucket. Your Easter survey card, guess what? Put it in the bucket. It's all going in the bucket. But real quick, our worship is going to lead us in one last song. Let's lift our voices high today. Let's worship him one last time this Easter Sunday. Can we do that? Come on, let's go, everybody. Let's worship the Lord.